live. Once again, my friends, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. This is the very first broadcast of Conversation Starters Live. My name is Robert Antoine, and this is the lovely Constance Carter. Nobody works harder. <laughs> and we want to let you know that for every situation, there is always a conversation. That's right. Well, listen, y'all, it's Friday and it's five o'clock somewhere, y'all, but we are getting ready to have a very special guest, uh, one of the, the pioneers in, in our day and in our era. And I can't wait to talk to I'm him. I'm excited. I'm absolutely excited as well. So make sure that you share this out. Tell a friend they need to come on in and watch the conversation starters yeah. because Rob and Constance are about to get it started. About to get busy. All right. All right. So let's do this real quick. Uh, I want to introduce to some of you guys, present to others, one of the social justice drum majors of our time. All right. He is a preacher for real, for real, that can show up the word of God. And he's one of the coolest cats that I've ever met in my entire life. You may talk about that one time. <laughs> just, just one time. Okay. He won't remember that much. <laughs> but anyway, I can say I met this gentleman uh, a long time ago and uh, I've watched him from afar and up close. Yeah. And he is certainly one of the uh, uh, premier preachers in the body of the church right now. So without any further ado, let's bring on the pastor, the bishop from New Birth, Pastor Jamal Bryant. Doctor, are you there? Man, thank you. You, you make hey. me feel like a rock star. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we are going to have fun today. And uh, we just want to kind of talk to you about your journey. Um, some people know you. A lot of people know you. A lot of people don't know you. And so, you know, just 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 tell us who you are and, and where you've been and, you know, your life and, you know, a little bit about your journey. Oh, Lord, how much time we got? I've <laughs> got as much time as you want, brother. Yeah, my life is a Lifetime original movie. But, oh, uh, Lord. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm originally from uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh, I was raised in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, I failed uh, 11th grade. And uh, after I failed the 11th grade, my parents sent me uh, to Liberia, West Africa to be a missionary for a year so I could get myself together. Wow. Uh, came back um, uh, to the States and took a GED. And uh, when I took my GED, I'm the first person uh, in the school's history to go to Morehouse with a GED. I uh, graduated from uh, Duke, from Morehouse, then went to Duke University. Uh, and that's significant for me because for years, uh, my grandfather was the head cook at Duke University. Uh, so to go to uh, Duke in that backdrop was uh, humbling. Uh, I left Duke and I became the uh, National Youth and College Director of the NAACP, over some 40,000 uh, young people. Uh, I did that for uh, four and a half years. I started a church in Baltimore uh, in 2000 with 43 people. And uh, that 43 went to uh, 12,000. Uh, and then 16 months ago, uh, I relocated to Atlanta and became the pastor of New Birth. That's uh, the drive-by shooting version of my life. Ooh, now, how many members do you have in New Birth? Pre-quarantine or post-quarantine? Pre-quarantine. <laughs> Members, I know that's right. Yeah, I think uh, we had uh, about 10,000 right now. I'm just prayerful for who, whatever remains. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, I, I know that's right. You know, so so Pastor, as I as I as I look at you right now on the screen, you know, you have never been shy to, to walk into the well wardrobe and step out looking like a million dollars. So I need to ask you right now, can I borrow that shirt next Sunday when we are able to go back to church, my brother? You are looking like a superstar, sir. You are kind. I just don't know whether your church is gonna appreciate you coming in with a new birth shirt on, but I, I will gladly give it. To you. <laughs> I will give it to you in every color we got. You will be our represent. Represent. Ever. You did text me your address. You will have them by Monday. That's what I'm talking That's about. That's what I'm talking All about. All publicity is good publicity, right? Yes, sir. Well, listen. You know, uh, I, I have been. Uh, uh, a part of the, 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 the church walk for a while. And uh, I remember being in the ATL before with your predecessor, and I know that it was really, really hard to get in. I mean, it was like uh, 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 like going into the Walmart these days. You got to stand outside and wait forever to get in there. Do you still have lines to get in there to the church? No, sir. We got lines to get online. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've been closed since uh, March the 8th. This is our eighth week uh, out of the sanctuary. Uh, contrary to uh, the governor's order, we're not going in. Uh, our church is way too huge and it's too much of a risk. Uh, the way that COVID-19 is impacting the African-American community, uh, I think it would just be reckless and irresponsible for us to go back into church. Uh, and so we're gonna continue streaming as we've had done uh, these last uh, eight weeks. Uh, for those of you who are viewing and you'd like to see what our worship experience is like, check us out Sundays at 930 uh, at uh, newbirth.org. Uh, however, at the end of the month, we're going to try something novel uh, that I'm excited about. Uh, we have one of the largest parking lots in the state of Georgia. Uh, our parking lot holds some 3,000 cars. Uh, and so on uh, May 31st, uh, we're going to do parking lot worship. Come on. Jumbotron uh, screens from Orlando, Florida. We put speakers all around our campus. Yeah. Uh, in a FM transmitter, so you'll be able to hear it in your car. Uh, asking everybody to stay in. Uh, but for your listeners, if they want to come hang out with us that day, you have to register. There's no charge, but you have to register so that we can uh, uh, have a good handle on how many people are coming. And again, you can do it uh, on our website, newbirth.org. Let me ask you a question. So you go from your church. Um, how many members do you, do you build your church up to? Uh, it's about 10,000. The, the church that you started was 10,000 members? It was at zero, 43 to 10,000. 10,000. And now at New Birth, you have also 10,000 members? Yes. Okay. So how? what was the process of like for you, you know, going, you know, I don't want to say trying out or auditioning, but they obviously had a lot of uh, pastors that, you know, profound, prolific pastors yes. as yourself. What was that process like for you? They had 143 pastors apply for, uh, mercy. for, for the position, and uh, it was a grueling, uh, daunting process. I'm a member of Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, uh, and this was the closest thing to pledging I've ever seen in my oh life. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, it was a lot of uh, interviews and background checks and references, and you had to get letters, and uh, they sent spies into my church to come see. What oh, happened. my gosh. Uh, we had Absolutely. to preach at their church, come do a Bible study. It, it was a full-on, I could have got 
on the Falcons easier than getting in the <laughs> pack. How long was the process? How long was, um, the, how long was the process? Uh, about six months. Wow. 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 And how exhilarating was it when you got selected? Unbelievable. I am, uh, I'm AME. I'm a third generation AME. Yeah, right. Uh, so to come to a missionary Baptist church. Yeah. It was exhilarating and unnerved. I ain't never had deacons a day in my life. Uh, AMEs, we sprinkle on your head. So to go get in that pool, all of this is a dizzying experience, but it's been absolutely great. Good for you. Good for you. I love it, Doc. I mean, just the, the process. I mean, from you going from Baltimore all the way to ATL, I mean, those are certainly some huge metropolitan areas, areas especially for African-Americans. So has there been a bit, uh, a bit of an adjustment? Because I know with this, leaving home, right? I'm going to let a let show you, Yeah, let me show you again the hand of God and how it works. It's coming back home because remember, I went to Morehouse. That's right. Yes, sir. I know the city. Uh, my parents uh, were missionaries, uh, as I stated. And when I tell this story, nobody can believe it. Bishop Long paid for my college education. Wow. Yeah, so for me to come back uh, and to fulfill the mantle of somebody, that's why you have to be very careful how you treat people. Okay, is I am uh, fulfilling the vision of somebody who didn't know they were training their successor. Come on, somebody. I'd never been under Bishop Long, never a member of New Birth. Uh, but he was investing in his own future by investing in me. Uh, and so that, that is uh, just humbling to see how God will circumnavigate the circumstances of your life uh, to get there. That's why I am a key proponent of always paying it forward. Uh, and so yes, sir. I, I'm it was destiny. I, I love it. You know, you know, Constance, and, and here's the thing that, that I will say about you, Pastor, that you have been at the forefront of crucial social issues that have happened, not only in Baltimore with Black Lives Matter, and, and now here you are smack dab in ATL, and here another uh, young man was senselessly killed for doing nothing but being black. Yes. And I know that uh, our first thing is to uh, light up talk radio and to uh, get some picket lines going, but. Uh, I, I called you a, a social drum major for justice in our day. Martin certainly had uh, the uh, civil rights movement, and then there was also Malcolm, who came with the nation. But uh, we all still have a responsibility, as you said, to pay it forward. So here we are in the middle of this pandemic, and then this tragedy leaks into our mainstream media. What is your position? And, and and what would you instruct our, our viewers to do? How can we be a part of this movement, this cause? How do we all get together and, and, and reform what is currently happening now? What is happening, uh, Rob, is that America is having its mask removed. Uh, the injustice uh, against uh, black and brown communities is being exposed because of COVID-19. Uh, we, we should uh, just be running from the coronavirus, not from corrupt justice system. Uh, and so it, we are seeing every area of uh, black life be exposed uh, in America from uh, the digital divide 
uh, to food insecurity, uh, to economic uh, disparity. All of it is coming to full balance and it is happening in an election cycle. And yeah. it is happening while we should be filling out our census reports. And it is happening when we realize our employers don't see us as essential. So there's a whole lot of work that we have to do in the community uh, to really uh, put a jumpstart on entrepreneurship, uh, what it means to really become a part of the democratic process and letting our voices heard. Uh, what we have learned in these eight weeks about discretionary spending, whole lot of black folk realize how much money they save from being home. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, a whole lot of people got forced to wear their hair natural over these eight weeks. A whole lot of people had to put clear fingernail polish on. Uh, <laughs> it's been a struggle. Listen, listen, I'm not, I'm gonna keep it real. It's been a real struggle, Pastor. Yes. Yeah, no, for, for all of us, but you, you are really putting into full focus what's needed and necessary to think, to yeah. think about how much money you have not spent on drugs. Right. right. Uh, how, how many times you were going to the mall broke. You weren't going. It's amazing that that's where we go to hang out. Right. Yeah. To spend. Uh, yeah. And we have never as a community mastered mindfulness or meditation that we now see it. Here's the catch. Being at home is a punishment. Mm. The house is the greatest place of your investment and you don't want to be there. Yeah. You know how many people are upset because you are stuck with the people you claim you love. <laughs> Everything has got to be re-evaluated while we're in this quarantine. You know, and, and we talk about it all, we've talked previous to COVID, pre-COVID, we talked about how we want to spend more time with our families, all the things that everybody has prayed about. Now we're here, now we're still not satisfied. And that says a lot about human nature. That says a lot about just Americanism. That says a lot about privilege, you know? Don't you because think? We are a part of a generation that doesn't understand the depth of relationship, um, but that we don't know the art of conversation. Uh, so the three of us, I, I don't know you all intimately well, but we're all in the same generation uh, that uh, we knew how to talk to people. Right. Uh, my children talk to me through text. Right. And emojis and abbreviations. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and so so the art of conversation is lost. Uh, I've got to do uh, a, a Zoom tonight on how to date in the quarantine uh, because people have not been having conversation with their pursuers. They've just been sleeping with them. Uh, and so okay. now, now you are forced to really figure out who is this Negro? Yeah. Uh, what is their middle name? Yeah. Uh, Who is this Where Negro? are they from? You know, what, what do they like? Who they like? Yeah. yeah. So all of that is coming uh, to bear. So this is a help. This is what I want to call a cod liver oil experience. It's nasty. Uh, it don't taste good, but it's healthy for yeah. what it is that we need in order for us to move forward. You know, Going back to, to, to the question you asked about the gentleman who was jogging and, and we talked about racism. One of the things, and, and it bothers me so de deeply in my soul that I, it's hard for me to, it's very hard to watch at this point because we see it so much. And it's not being desensitized to it, it's being very sensitive to it. But one of the things that I know 
is we are very reactive. We're not proactive. We're, we, we react after the fact. We get mad for, you know, we get pissed off a little bit. Then we go back to our, our everyday yeah. lives. Yeah. So what should we be doing differently to take a stand? And I'm not saying, you know, because I see, I see like T.I. give the people the right. guy his address. Like, y'all out here banging, you yeah. know, your business over there. You quit to kill each other. But what should we be doing? Like, how, how should we be responding or what should we do differently? Because I'm tired of seeing this and I'm tired of being angry temporarily. Like, yeah. how, what, we, do you, what do you We all have social ADD. Yeah. Um, we, we have it for the moment. Do you not know 85% of New Year's resolutions are broken before Dr. King's birthday? Yeah. 85%? 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%. 85%
P. Diddy, he, he, he made a statement that became controversial. And in fact, there's some merit of truth to it because uh, uh, generally African-Americans are, are democratic voting uh, 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 folks. And he said that we need to make whomever our chosen candidate is uh, uh, be accountable for the vote that we're going to get. Uh, because uh, you, you, we, blow, we vote blindly, not asking for the things that truly affect us. And um, uh, do you have a position on that? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with him that a whole lot of us have uh, become blind people with a walking stick. Uh, mm. that we're going into circumstances blind. Uh, so let's, let's look at uh, what happened with the stimulus check is that you had uh, 30 million black people got stimulus checks. And watch the next story. Black businesses are closing. Mm. So what, you, what that means is that we got our money, but we didn't spend it with our people. Mm. And so that you, we keep walking into places blind. Uh, the fact that, do you all understand how much gentrification is going to happen when this is over? because people are gonna lose their homes. Over 33 million people are unemployed. Soon as the smoke clears, that eviction notices are coming. Yeah. Right? So what, what are we gonna do? Somehow or another, look at, none of us know any updates as to what's taking place in Puerto Rico. We're we, we not even paying attention. I haven't even thought, yeah. still don't have electricity. Wow. Yeah, if Con Constance, I called you when we got off the show and said, hey, Constance, thank you for that interview. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you, Robert. I appreciate it. Member of my church, works for Delta. I'm going to give both of you all two plane tickets to go on vacation. Do you know nowhere on in the world can y'all vacation? Yeah. Nowhere. <laughs> so we, 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 we walking in blind, and here's what we're forgetting. It's a global pandemic. You see what I mean? Oh, your real friends have checked on you during this crisis. No, your real friends are in a crisis too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. have time to check on you. I'm trying to pull myself together. All of us at 11 o'clock got to ask ourselves, did I shower today? What, what, <laughs> what day of the week is this? You, you know what I mean? <laughs> so all of us are in the, in the potential <laughs> groundhog's day of trying to figure out yeah. what's taking place. So what should we be doing? So, cause, cause it is true. You know, I, I think that right now, I think it should be incubation season. And I've, and I've talked about this and I've talked about this. We should be going back in our caves and learning and doing, because the way we come out of this is going to be much different than the way we came into this. You know, I did it. I wrote an ebook, you know, cause Ecclesiastes 11 and 2 says that we should have multiple revenue streams, seven or disaster strikes the land, right? So we are in a disaster. And I believe in multiple revenue. I live my life with multiple revenue streams. That's how I've been able to do what I've done. Poverty is the mismanagement of time. Come on. Poverty is the mismanagement of time. So you got to ask yourself, uh, Constance, how many series am I going to watch on Netflix? How, how many snacks am I going to eat? So in, in this time, you have no excuse. Not to None. Your book. You got no excuse. 
to write your that's, family 10 year plan. You got that's no, what excuse. Yeah. no excuse. No excuse. You ain't got nothing time on can. Three courses. You got Listen, no excuse. Why you it's Friday? You ain't got no job. You ain't got nothing to do. This is available and nobody's taking advantage of it. So there's going to be a whole lot of millionaires who are birthed out of this crisis. Right. And the people who are watching got to make up in your mind, I am going to be one of them. Figure out right. what is the need and what it is that I bring to the table uh, to answer that need. So we have a question. Um, and we want you, everybody, we have a lot of people online. Please make sure you are sharing this. Um, and you you have an up and personal uh, opportunity to ask Dr. Jamal Dr. Pastor Reverend Bishop. Come on, prophesy. So we got a couple of questions. Um, somebody asked, how should the churches be responding at this time of crisis? What do you think? Here is uh, my, my point of reference is we can't do corporate worship, but we can do community service. Uh, and so the call of the church is not what you do just on Sundays but Monday through Saturday. And so all of these kids are out. Um, who is helping them to get ready for next school year? Uh, you, you look at these uh, black businesses. Every church got a web page. Why won't you promote your members' business on your page? Send hey. out an e-class and say, while y'all are at home, just don't buy DVDs at a worship service. Buy Constance's book. Yeah, th that will take nothing away from the church. Uh, our church, New Birth, uh, is the largest landowner of any black church in America. So, Robert, what I did was I started a community garden. There's no reason for me to just talk about food insecurity, and I'm not planting fresh vegetation right in our community. Uh, and so every pastor is not going to march. Every pastor is not going to pick it. Every pastor is not going to call out Governor Kemp but every pastor can pick a issue and address that. So I don't know for every individual church, it's not all the same thing. Absolutely. Every church ought to be doing something. Well, well, well he, he, here's where, where I, I, I started to think in my, my own mind, Pastor. Uh, you know how when you have one of your boys out there just out of pocket, just, just reckless, and, and you make a phone call. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me holler at you for a second. Uh, with your position and your status, is there anything in you or in the body of the church that will reach out to Kim and say, hey, listen, can we have a dialogue about this? What you're doing is reckless. You're in yeah, well, danger. The issue is that Kim uh, had a COVID-19 task force. And right. on that COVID-19 task force, he had Bernice King and Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms on the task force. The only two blacks on it and he didn't talk to either of them before he opened up the state, mm. uh, which is disrespectful in the highest order. I'm, I'm a new kid on the block, just being here 16 months. Uh, and so even when I called them out, I didn't ask for a meeting with me. I told them to meet with the sisters who were on the task force. So yeah. we gotta be in a place where uh, we learn how to lead from the back. That we don't always have to be up front, don't always have to be seen, always have to have the microphone. But let's support the people who have the access and the influence. That's a that's an issue, you know, within you know church is a lot of people are so more much more concerned with title 
than they are with purpose or service. And so then th that's where you have a lot of lack in the community because we so worried about being an apostle or, or, or being, you know, having these titles yeah. rather than actually being out there doing the work. The, the Bible says that he will make your name great. It doesn't say he will give you a great title. Mm. So many people have a great title with a bad name. Mm. Uh, what you have to really pray for is that God will so shield your name that your name uh, will, in fact, go in room. So if I say to you all today, Rockefeller, you know the name. Yeah. I don't know the title. You know right. Rockefeller. You know the name, but you don't know the title. What yeah. title do we give to Oprah? She mm -hmm. don't have no title. She has an influential name. Uh, and so we we got to make sure that we safeguard our name. Hey, come on, yeah. Public space. Somebody asked, "What about Flint?" What say it again? Somebody said, "What about Flint, Michigan?" Flint, Michigan. Yeah. yeah. Where are you yeah. at on Flint? Yeah, I I brought a uh, hundred thousand bottles to Flint, Michigan. Uh, I took uh, um, uh, Ricky Smiley there and uh, uh, Russell Simmons at the peak of it. Uh, and I really believe that this is a governmental issue, uh, that the government needs to uh, interject and it shows us again glaringly the racism of America. What do you think, um, uh, what, what, what do you think would be the response if there was no clean water in Sandy Springs? Do you know how fast they it would be? It would be an uproar. Power? Huh? It would be an yeah. uproar. Yes. Yeah. That, that's the same point, Constance. America lacked its 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 position on COVID when they figured out it was Negroes and Latinos dying. Yes. When, when it was Caucasians, then we was in a five alarm fire. In an emergency. Yeah. 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 Now it's like, oh, you ain't got to wear no mask if you. Don't okay, hey, let's go back to work. <laughs> let's, let's, let's open up. Let's open up the strip clubs and the bars. And the yes, barbershop, right? The practicing of medicinal apartheid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that we're dying because of pre-existing conditions, because most Black people never get health care until we go to the emergency room. Uh, and so that's why we've got to fortify our base. The Bible says that people die from a lack of knowledge. Uh, and what we don't know is what's killing us. Knowledge is power is not cliche. It is really a commandment. But you think about this, you know, this is this is American history. This is how things have been done. Um, you look at you know, and black in the school systems, it's it's racist, right? Because if if you have these black and brown schools where you have lack of, of, of funding, where you have don't you think if the same type of funding was happening in other neighborhoods, don't you think they would distribute the funds a little bit differently? And that's where all the there is no debate. Uh, last Sunday, uh, we did COVID-19 testing, mobile testing at our church. Almost 2,000 people. This is eight weeks into a pandemic, and we hosted the largest testing in the state of Georgia, which is reflective that our people are not getting access. Now, we couldn't get access to testing. Watch how fast they get us access to vaccines. So I just oh. did a show three weeks ago in Nigeria. In Nigeria, they are forcing every citizen to get the vaccine 
And here's the catch, Constance. There are no high numbers there. They always use black people as African. the baby. We always gonna be the guinea pigs. And at some point we gotta put our foot down. Well, there's a book called Medical Apartheid by Harriet, uh, oh God, I can't remember her last name, but she talks about that. Your, your stock has gone up with me. <laughs> you don't quoted two books today that's on the top 100. Constance, I'm bowing down at your feet. You a smart sister. Go Constance. <laughs> I, I believe no. I, I really believe it's important, but this is what they've been doing in the history of this country since the very beginning to black people. This is what we yeah. know to be true for sure, yeah. and it has to stop. It's not just the Tuskegee experiments. This has been ongoing since mm -hmm. the beginning of this country, and it's still going on today. Constance, I'm giving you a high five. Thank you, <laughs> beautiful man. Thank you. Absolutely, I love it, and, and I, I was thinking to myself, hashtag Tuskegee. And uh, uh, the, the thing about it is there's so many things that we put out into the atmosphere with uh, conspiracy theory, but we don't have the real knowledge about uh, are these COVID numbers real that are reported, right? We don't know the COVID numbers uh, of who's recovered. So how do we get access to that kind of information? Because all we have are, are news outlets that kind of feed us the information. We never know what is and what isn't real. Um, regrettably, I don't know. And perhaps maybe Morehouse School of Medicine would be able to have access to that information or Mary a medical school. I, I don't have it, but as soon as you get it, share it with me. Uh, <laughs> you know, I what do you think about what do you think about this though? Because this whole pandemic has been become so political. You know, when I turn on CNN, you know, it's about what Trump ain't doing. It's all it's it's it, it leans to the left. You, you turn on Fox news and it's not that big of a deal you know and it's just it, it's all based on political lines now we know it's that this is a very real pandemic but i want to know what's the truth it started political and ended economic uh and so now the positions and the decisions of those who are in authority are making are not along party lines but along economic and class lines uh, so what everybody is uh, arguing from Fox to MSNBC to CNN is we've got to re-engage the economy. So they have put economy over humanity. And so the, the lead integer is, oh, you can't let Neiman Marcus file bankruptcy. You can't let J. Crew file bankruptcy. L look at the nigritude of Cheesecake Factory saying we ain't going to pay rent. Huh? Right. Wow. They, they wait, wait, wait. The Nicker Two. Until the malls open back up. I need to know what the Nicker Two is. At its core, become a economic issue. Yeah. Uh, and so, economics has always been the compass uh, for America in all of its decisions. Uh, everything that they're doing. When you look at uh, that uh, medication that uh, Trump was pushing four weeks ago, only for us to discover he got stocks in the company. Uh, for us to uh, get out that uh, we listening to Bill Gates for medical uh, advice, and he's got no medicinal experience, history, or training, only because he'd been investing in the vaccine companies. Everything is pointing back to economics. This is not red, white, and blue. It's all green. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the the America, you know, capitalism, 
and that's, you, you have to have that hierarchy. Um, unfortunately, the, the, the rich are so greedy that they don't even make room for you know the poor middle class. They just will do anything by any means necessary. I, I really don't believe that these people who have you know all this money who are running the world, who these Republicans, I really don't believe they 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 like Trump. Candace, I, I Thirteen Democratic candidates running for president. Thirteen. We had four or maybe five debates. All of them were about securing the middle class. Nobody has rolled out an agenda for the poor. Uh, Dr. King, when he was killed, he was killed forming the Poor People's Campaign uh, because he said the next progressive step after civil rights is civil rights. Is that, that we've got to have something about economic development and economic growth. Uh, and uh, we've got to start uh, recalibrating the conversation about the economy of African-Americans. Dr. Benjamin Mays, former President Morehouse said, we've got to run faster or we'll forever be left behind. Well, do you think this is, you know, they said the Roman Empire will never fail. They said the United States will never fail. Do you think this is the beginning of the, of the, of the uh, decline of the Western uh, Empire? Uh, it, absolutely. And we, we've got an emperor who is built for failure. Uh, Donald Trump could have turned this tide around if he would have shut the country down completely for two weeks. I've been in the studio with y'all today, uh, but you're dealing with somebody who one denied it, who then uh, lowered the standard, and now is saying, "Let's go back to work." He is, yeah. he is an unfit leader, uh, and so yes, I think that we're getting ready to see uh, America's demise, and we've got a front row seat to watch it happen. We're, we're sitting on the front row. But you know what? I, I think that this is the greatest time in the history of times, especially for black people, because what I, what I think is happening is that there is an awakening. I think that we're at a place where we're starting to see things differently because I think for a long time we've had our blinders on. We've become dependent and docile. And we've, you know, just like he was talking about how did he said, you know, we vote blindly. You know, we yeah. vote for Democrats just because yeah. they're Democrats because our mama voted Democrat. And our, so now yeah. I think it's, it's an awakening for people. We're starting to see things differently. And I think, you yes. know, it can be at a better time. Here is the issue. Joe Biden will lose if his only platform is anti-Trump. I, I don't want to know what you're against. I want to know what you're for. The reality is Trump didn't win the election from all the people who voted for him. He voted from all the people who didn't vote. Uh, and so uh, we've got to find a way to really mobilize that base uh, around economic development, around education, around health disparity, all of these salient issues. Uh, but we've got to underscore them and help uh, this generation know why it's important uh, and what's at stake. Right on, on Obama's wave, I mean, you know, he has to have his own agenda. And I think that's what he's kind of depending on. Yeah, and, and, and I'd like to see more of our, our youth be a part of the legislative process, right? That's where the real power lies. And so many of us, I remember, uh, Pastor, when I was at uh, Howard, and, and I looked at cats in our uh, political science, I thought to myself, why or why are you in that particular major? And, and, and 30, 40 years later, I'm looking back to say, wow, if, if there was one thing that I wish I had done a little differently, I would have been more engaged with the political process because I was like most Americans today that think that it doesn't really matter who's the president. 
it doesn't affect me directly, right? But but that is probably the worst statement you could ever make because slowly you see the economic uh, uh, in, in, in inequalities that happen. Uh, the rich are still getting richer while the poor are being poor, right? We're, we're so uh, attached to titles, like you said earlier, and and we're we're uh, more inclined to spend money than to invest, you know. And, and yep. that has been an atrocity that many of us have not faced, and still are blind to that reality. Yeah, agree. So I'm going to ask you this. Oops, we got some questions on here. Um, uh, Marquita said, what are your thoughts about Jeff Bezos possibly becoming the first trillionaire by 2026? Say it again. Uh, someone asked, what are your thoughts about Jeff Bezos possibly becoming the first trillionaire by 2026? Uh, it, it, it is amazing when uh, one individual will amass more wealth than 74 countries. You ain't got to pay taxes. Yeah, uh, so it, it is uh, amazing and it's uh, dizzying and disheartening and it goes back to my point uh, about people uh, just uh, looking for um, uh, wealth over everything else. And the old uh, 80s, uh, 90s hip-hop song, uh, cash rules everything around me. Uh, and that, that's where I think we are. But with that being said, though, I, I think that this time, and you alluded to it earlier, that if, if you don't come out of COVID with the business, if you sell or cookies, idea, if, or if you make candles, you uh, you, something, right, right, you have truly failed if you don't come out of this with some kind of business, some kind of merchant aspiration yeah. to generate money, not only for your household, but for your community. And, and I think that there needs to be a bigger emphasis on it. Yeah, that's what we need to be pushing. Right now, people should be in incubation, trying to figure out what they're going to do differently because when we come out of this, it's going to be much different than when we came in into this. The, the traditional yeah. way that we did business before is 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 gonna is gonna change. It's not gonna be gone, it's gonna change. But Dr. Jamal, Pastor Bishop, yes. prophet, uh, we, we want to change some things up because we got some questions and uh, Somebody asked me, whose gospel album you like better, Snoop or Kanye? Whose gospel album do you like better, Snoop or Kanye? I think Kanye. Uh, Why? It is uh, a brilliant uh, masterpiece, uh, I think, outside of um, the mentally challenged artists. Uh, I think it is an amazing piece of work. It is. Uh, well-produced, uh, well-delivered. Uh, I think that uh, you could sing it in a church or sing it in a car. Um, I, I think just all the way encompassing, I think Snoop's is. Snoop? You said Snoop, you said Conway. Yeah, I said Conway. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Easy. I, we, were... Listening. we were listening. So listen, uh, uh... Pastor Brian, I'm going to take it a little messier, right? All right. We're going to be in Easter Sunday of 2021, right? Easter Sunday, 2021. You with me? Yeah. And you have the evening concert, and you have the choice between Pastor John P. Keith All right. or Bishop Hezekiah Walker. I'm taking this head on Easter concert. I'm taking all day long. I think John P. Keith is great. 
Uh, but I think that uh, Hezekiah got more hits. Okay. John All right. Green, been delivering nothing. Not be keeping around longer. Huh? Not be keeping around longer. He got yeah. some. He got some good. Hezekiah got more recent hits than John P. You're right about that. I don't even know if the millennials even know who John P. Key is. Don't even know who John P. Key is. You're right about Absolutely. that. Wow. <laughs> All right, Hezekiah or Kirk Franklin. I'm to to perform on Easter Sunday night. Yes. Has uh, Kirk Franklin. All day. Kirk, you go. I think Kirk Franklin is more of a draw uh, than Hezekiah Walker, and uh, I think. It, Kirk gonna give me more bang for the buck. With Kirk Franklin, okay. I, I get James Brown. I get, <laughs> I get Michael Jackson. Right. I get, I get pre scandal R. Kelly. I get it all with Kirk. <laughs> all right. So 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 speaking of R. Kelly, you gonna take my question? Go ahead. <laughs> go go on. Go on. You do it. You do it. All right. So you still stepping in the name of love? I can't. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm wounded, and I'm wounded. Let me give you in transparency. I'm wounded as a R. Kelly fan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, today you put a gun to my head, and I can do twelve play blindfolded. That way. One, two, three, four, five, six. To see uh, the impact and the toll of the lives that have been yeah. desecrated uh, because of his madness. Um, I'm, I'm uh, woefully disappointed, and I really believe uh, that he has some mental, psychological challenges that have yeah. to be addressed. But what? Pastor, wait, wait, Pastor, hold on. You, you had a wedding, and you, you ain't tapping your foot to step in the name of love. You ain't gonna tap your foot. You ain't, you ain't gonna, you know, you're not gonna. He already said he, he's spinning with it. Oh, he said he, he wasn't gonna yeah, do it. No, he no, said no. He Is there a tablecloth over the table? <laughs> can, can people see me tap my foot? <laughs> But you ain't gonna get up and do a two-step. No, I can't. No, I can't. You can't. All right. Well, well, listen. Let me let me take you so. <laughs> yes, the pastor be going. Pastor, I'm oh sorry. I'm, I'm stepping in the name of love. Go ahead. Listen. Uh, so uh, I know you are a fan of popular music. You can't be uh, uh, on the radio and not hear MJ, Michael Jackson, or Prince. Who is or who is not more heavily in the rotation on your iPod? MJ or Prince? Prince is more on rotation for my iPod. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say Prince for me too. What you really? Yeah, what you, who you say? I'm moonwalking all day long. The, yes. the first rated oh, movie I ever saw was Purple Rain. And purify yourself in Lake Minnetonka. In Lake, Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> Lake Minnetonka. Lake Minnetonka. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this one just happened last week. Jill Scott or Erica Badu? I'm with Erica. Erica, why? What? I think Erica influenced and informed Jill Scott's sound. Okay, I agree. Yeah, I mean, she was a part, she is the trailblazer for the incense shaped by the circle. I, that's uh, all of that is Erica. But body of work, I would say Jill's is more extensive. Erica laid the foundation. Still got more hits. What is your, let me ask again for clarity. What is your question? Erica Badu. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you going with? I'm going with Erica. All right. Erica, wow. Erica is going to DJ 
Erica is gonna throw incense around. But she's gonna show up about two hours late though. <laughs> yeah, Erica is gonna have some outfit on from Tokyo and <laughs> concentration camp. And you know, Jill Scott to me is gifted. She brings the hood to the opera. I love it. I, I actually love that. that, I love that. Yeah, yeah that's exactly the, the hood's the sure. opera. <laughs> Somebody that. asked, do you still watch the Cosby show? I don't. No? I didn't know it was still on. Well, somebody asked that, but would you? I mean, do you yeah. do yeah, you have that same thought about Bill Cosby as you have about R. I, Kelly? I grew up wanting to be Theo. I I I get it. <laughs> it, it uh, was the very first time to show uh, black people not in a stereotypical way of being a yeah. professional uh, and balanced. I thought it was a, a trailblazing breakaway show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally uh, say the same thing. I mean, I, I, I love to see uh, the, the replication or representation, I say, of our people in such a positive light. And I know that Dr. Cosby was really big on that. So yeah. uh, kudos to him for bringing that to. Uh, mainstream TV because there's a whole bunch of craziness on TV now where we're watching uh, Empire where it's all kind of infighting and then Scandal, the, the main character of uh, the show. Hey, that was my show. At least you know But the Cosby was the jam. That, that was my jam for sure. So listen, Pastor, you are the father to many. And uh, I am a, a dad to daughters and and uh, we talked about stepping in the name of love. So, so we got to ask you, uh, put your dad hat on. So is it cool on the first date to kiss, just hold hand? Where are you drawing the line? For my first daughter? Date, or your daughter? Or oh, daughters they in general? They didn't give them a hug. Give they give him a pound. They give him a pound. When he walks yeah, through yeah. my door, you right. can hug yeah. yeah. Okay. You better than me, cause mine. And, that, and that's and that's if COVID has lifted. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> we doing a Wakanda if COVID yeah, happens. Because I, I, the way things are now, I'm gonna have my daughter doing COVID virtual dating. God, so that's right. Couch on Facetime, watching right. Netflix while he's in his house. Right. <laughs> Listen. Okay. I got I, one last question, I, and I think I I may know the answer to this. Would you say that your style is more Malcolm or Martin? I'm more I'm more Martin with Malcolm tendencies. Oh! <laughs> okay, so wait, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, break that yeah, down, yeah, break brother. That down. We, we got a small wager going on what you would or would not say. So he right now, Martin. you, you tearing in Malcolm. the middle. You tearing so, in the middle. Come on. Yeah, so I that I went to Morehouse in 1989, so there were no websites. Um, I went to Morehouse completely because of Dr. King. Okay. Uh, I, um, for Black History Month, K through eighth grade, I wanted to be Dr. King in all of the plays. Yeah, you know I mean, so in the low East, I, I was volunteering to do the I Have a Dream speech. Uh, but I am really, thinking about things as an adult that I didn't in my younger uh, life on um, how, how would America respond if if we embrace constitutional rights the way they do? Mm. Can you imagine black people 
storming uh, the state house like they did in Michigan uh, with, with military grade weapons because we got a right to do it. Um, right. Yeah. I wonder how much faster we would progress right. on mm. gun laws and gun control. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it and I'm, I'm a, a grateful that the nonviolent movement brought us very far. Uh, but I think that uh, Albert Einstein was right to keep doing the same thing and expect different results is insanity. Uh, yeah. So I'm not sure how far I would go in that. I wouldn't want uh, America going into a racial civil war, uh, but I think that we've got to evaluate some tactics. You think about you think about what happened in California with the Black Panthers when they stormed into the, the State Department with with those guns. What happened? No more concealed uh, uh, carrying concealed weapons. We can't do right. that anymore. So when Black people did it, what ended up happening? Laws ended up changing. So you're absolutely right about the gun control. If that happened on a on a bigger on a federal level on a bigger level, it certainly would change things. NRA is 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 for every everybody to have a right to a gun, except for people who look like you and I. So yes. I, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna wrap things up with you, Dr. Jamal, Dr. Bishop, Pastor. We appreciate the time that you have given us today. Uh, we have a Thank you for inviting. Yeah, no, thank you for dropping these the, the knowledge and. You know, one of the things people want to know is um, with COVID, what's going on with COVID, like what should they be doing with their money right now? What should they be doing with extra money that they have in the bank or the stimulus? What, what do you suggest? I think that you ought to save and invest. Don't buy nothing right now because we don't know how long this is going to be or whether this will be the second Great Depression. Uh, so I would tell everybody to just sit tight in this moment. So, so real quick, uh, Pastor. I know that uh, your name rings bells in so many platforms and in so many areas, but for those who are seeing you for the very first time, please tell all of our listeners who are out there how they can reach out, uh, experience more of your brilliance, your greatness, and, yes. and, and partner with you and your house of worship. Yes, uh, newbirth.org is our website. I ask that you will please visit that on all social media platforms. You can meet me at Jamal Bryant, Jamal H. Bryant. If it is not verified, it is not me. But if you want to get my attention, my cash app is Jamal Bryant 71. Find me. Let's drop the mic right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, you got front row seats to Dr. The Prolific, The Profound the prophet, Dr. Jamal Bryant. Thank you so much for being on today. We so appreciate you. Absolutely. My name is Robert Angelin, and this is Austin Carter. And we believe for every situation, there is a conversation. Conversation starters everywhere, y'all. Peace. Thank y'all. Have a great one. Thank All you, right. doctor.